0: Just like there are right handers and left handers, night owls and early birds. There are those who prefer to shop in store and those who don't. No matter how you like to shop, Price Chopper is here to help. We make it easy to get groceries any way you want, in store, at your door, or for pickup. Order online today at mypricechopper.com for pickup or delivery. For freshness, selection, and low prices, Kansas City knows. Price Chopper.
1: Welcome back to Preps KC's Football Friday Night, driven by the McCarthy Auto Group. I'm your host, Dion Clisso, joined as always by the coach, Harold Wamsgons, and we are live from the Preps KC studio, powered by Xfinity Internet. With speeds faster than a gig, you can power a house full of connected devices all at once, and we put that to test every night in our house, as everyone seems to be on some sort of device while we're watching TV. We are bad people. We need to do better than that. Interact with each other better, but no, uh, we appreciate the Xfinity does and, and love uh, the uh, X, Xfinity we have in our house and, and all the great channels and uh, all the great internet power we have. All right, let's get back into football and bring a GoPowerCat Ryan Wallace and uh, first off, how was your eight man experience?
2: Uh, very cold. <laughs> um, but no, I mean it's it's a great if you've never been to an eight man game. I if if there's a drivable one that that you can get out to. Um, you know, weather permitting and and everything where it's safe, get out because it's it's a lot of fun. It's a different style. Um, but honestly, you know, the fanfare and stuff down there is is high school football at its purest. So it's, it's a lot of fun.
0: Ryan, when you go to an eight man game and you're looking at people to play at the division one level in college football, is there a difference in how you evaluate them compared to, say, a class six game?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, you want to see guys at that level physically dominate. Um, you want to see them uh it, it, you shouldn't have to look for them. You know what I mean? So <laughs> they should they should find your eyes pretty quickly. Um, but you also have to go into it knowing that they're probably not going to be as polished as a six A player or a five A player. Um there are a little bit more projects. Um, but you're looking probably even more on potential than you would in general for a high school game. So it's it's kind of finding the the raw abilities that can be, you know, finely polished at the next level.
1: All right, let's go ahead and move on to this week, and there's only three games in the, on the Kansas side, as always, as we head in. And uh, we'll start in 6A, um, and we've said this all along. We knew it was wide open, uh, and we end up with Olathe Northwest and Gardner Edgerton. <laughs> I think Gardner was in the conversation most of the season. I think Olathe Northwest slowly crept in and it was kind of like a couple weeks ago we look up and we're like, well, hey, look at them. And here they are playing great football, beating Olathe West team. that was playing fantastic. And they are, they look, they, they pass the eye test. They look good. Um, they're playing well and they're beating good teams. And they get a Gardner team that played exactly the kind of game we thought they'd play with Blue Valley West. Tough back and forth, physical running the ball. Um, this is a fun six a semifinal.
2: Yeah, I mean it's going to be smash mouth football too. Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought up about Olathe Northwest size because when I went to watch them a couple weeks ago against Olathe South, that's what myself and my colleague Kevin Flaherty, you, you know, nudged each other immediately when we got there. Is hey these Ravens look good? They've, they've got some size up front, um, and they've got again I, I've I've mentioned him the last couple weeks a guy like Eric Butler Jr. that is getting some attention from a K-State and a KU to play more linebacker. But as a running back, man, he's a force. But I'm I'm done sleeping on Gardner Edgerton. <laughs> There's something about this team. When you watch them on tape, you know, they've got a, a trio of backs, with whether it's, you know, Kindler or Butosh, and then obviously the kind of dual-threat quarterback that they have in Powell Brown. That is a massively effective trio. And probably, you know, Kindler and Butash don't get talked about enough. But what's really, to me, Dion winning them games is that defense. Uh, Their D-line is big and brutal. The Dexter Carr kid at nose guard is like 6'1", almost 300 pounds. Ozzy Pogue um, jumps off at you on tape at defensive end. He's like 6'4", 245. And then they've got these powerful linebackers that just fill the gaps and attack. Um, If Eric Butler Jr. and Olathe Northwest can keep Gardner Edgerton's offense off the field enough and kind of wear down uh, Gardner Edgerton's defense, I think the Ravens have a shot. But I think overall, uh, you know, you're not going to find a team right now in 6A that has two better wins over the course of the last two weeks than the Trailblazers. North, Blue Valley Northwest and Blue Valley West are two really good wins. As long as they don't stumble here, they would probably be my pick to get to the 6A finals out of the East.
0: Ryan, staying in Class Six. Talk to us about your knowledge of the Manhattan Dart Derby game coming up.
2: Well, I mean, it's a rematch of week one, um where Manhattan got him, went on the road and got him. and now the Panthers get to go back and try and get some revenge in Manhattan. Um, I think Manhattan is a really good team. I mean, this might be Joe Schart's best team that he's had, maybe ever. Um, and they've got all the components. But I think <laughs> to beat a team like Derby twice, is going to be tough. What I will say is Derby starting quarterback going down last week um, with, I believe it was an ACL injury. He'll be done for the season. Changes the game big time, big time.
1: We lost your audio.
2: Hello? 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 Yeah, you just cut out. Oh. Well, that was weird. Okay. I'll start back up with Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah. Okay. okay. Nope. Three, two, one. Well, I think this might be Manhattan's best team that Joe Shartz has had in in many, many years. Um, But to beat a team like Derby twice is going to be incredibly difficult because remember, this is a rematch of week one when Manhattan went on the road, got the better of the Panthers. Now Derby comes back to Manhattan and gets a chance to get some revenge. And I think the key here is going to be how much Derby has changed without their starting quarterback who went down last week, season-ending knee injury. How much does that change their offense? Um, does that side with Manhattan a little bit more? Um, I'm 50-50 on this one, guys, because, you know, again, I think Derby's got momentum. They, they want this game bad. And then you've got Manhattan – who doesn't have to face a starting quarterback for Derby uh, and also gets the home field advantage, I uh, dare I say it might be a coin flip.
1: Well, tell me this. Uh, we moved down to 5-8. You're going to be at the Mill Valley, uh, Blue Valley-Southwest game. Uh, Blue Valley-Southwest, what a great win over DeSoto last week and um, just took a defense that had been shutting teams out and shutting teams down and just threw all over them. Uh, Mill Valley has yet to allow a point <laughs> in the postseason, uh, and Mick Schaefer had some unbelievable – stats that he went through and told me that out of 111 possessions the, that the opponents have had against them, that 80, I think 80 times, it's been four plays or, or less that they've allowed. It's a stupid stat that's ridiculous Uh that you just can't, I mean, it's, it, it just doesn't even make sense. Uh, But that's the defense they're facing against the Blue Valley Southwest team that is healthy, playing its best football, been through the wars of the EKL, they still have a tough task ahead of them, but, but right. this is a good matchup, m- good matchup of styles.
2: Well, and, and for me, you know, I'm going out and, and I'm looking at mill Valley and I mean, they're where we all thought they would be. Um, and, and to a certain extent, I think you can make the argument, that blue Valley Southwest might be kind of where we thought they would be um, not only in the bracket, but at this stage of the season, the way that that team's come together um, blue Valley West Southwest has good athletes. They've got good size. Um, it'll be a good test for mill Valley. But to me, this game comes down to can Blue Valley Southwest protect uh, mm-hmm. Dunn, the quarterback, and allow him time to get the ball out to these receivers? They've got Tate Everard, uh, Emmett Peters. Uh, I like Sam Swickard a lot, Gay Gilgis. A lot of names that jump off and they spread the ball all over the place. Again, Mill Valley Secondary is quite good, but I do think these receivers are good enough to challenge them but that's only if Dunn has good protection and when you're talking about jaden woods on one end and truman griffith on the other for mill valley that's a massive task i think mill valley comes out on top of this one um but i'll say this i'm almost going as much in this game not just to see mill valley and and everything they are this year and everything they're going to be but to me this is an this is kind of a opening act for blue valley southwest this is a very junior heavy team. And I think we're looking at maybe the Blue Valley West of last year, a team that is going to return a whole heck of a lot next season. Um, and, and a team that might, th- this might be kind of them, their, their opening act, they're uh, testing the waters, if you will, to go on a, a a stronger run next season to really say, okay, Mill Valley, we'll see you again next year. That, that to me is what I'm looking for in this one is how close is Blue Valley Southwest to being, you know, a legitimate force, not just in November, but throughout the year come 2023.
0: Ryan, in the teams that are still alive in class six and class five, who would you say is the best defensive football team?
2: Probably Mill Valley. You know, um, I think Manhattan is, is very good, but I think Manhattan is still one of those teams that um, thrives more uh, against the run and I would love to see a Manhattan face, they won't see it even in Derby. And they probably won't see it in the 6A finals if they get there either. To see them face a, a Miesh, um, to see them face somebody that's gonna spread the ball around. I don't know if that's really what they're built around. And so because of that, I think I'll go with Mill Valley, just the speed that they have on defense. Their secondary swarms to the ball like nobody. Uh, and again, they've got two difference makers at the defensive line. So I would, I would lean on Mill Valley.
1: All right, real quick here uh foray we, we knew we were probably gonna have two catholic schools we get aquinas and mias a rematch of that great game where really aquinas kind of got things rolling back again and that played so well since that time uh mias is playing great um uh, they've had to come through piper and eudora who gave great games to them uh but this is first time they met in the semis or met, met in the postseason since 2012 but there's no secrets here between these two teams
2: yeah and I, I, you know for me it comes down to and, and coach i'm curious kind of your thoughts on this too with a team like Aquinas, um, that is so you know predicated on running the ball, winning the line of scrimmage, I wonder at this stage of the season, especially coming off a tough game that they had last week against St. James, a team that that can battle you in the line of, at the line of scrimmage. If at this stage of the season you're not a little worn down, you know how much longer can you really lean on Sean Carroll to win you ball games? Um, that's kind of what I'm looking for in this one. You know, I I think Miege got the better of him the first time and then had some things go Aquinas' way with the turnovers. I mean, 22 points in the fourth quarter. Um, With Miege being at home, if they jump out on top again, you know, again, Coach, I just wonder how much Aquinas maybe has left in the tank. St. James and Lewisburg are two physical teams that are relentless that they've had to go through the last two weeks. And now you've got to try and be 110% for Miege.
0: I can tell you from the opportunity I had last week to see that game with Aquinas and St. James, Sean Carroll's tank is not empty. (laughs) It it was not, it was not empty in the second half of last week's game. I know that. And I'm sure he's had five days to get that tank filled back up. Even if it was below half full.
2: (laughs) One of the most fun runners I've, I've seen this year and really the last couple of years. I mean, the guy is just, he's a diesel engine.
0: He goes back to the huddle and you know, he's saying, give it to me again. Exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ryan, it should be a great week. Have fun out at Mill Valley and we will chat with you again next week as we talk state championship. games. Oh
2: man. I can't wait guys. Thanks.